Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Well, I want you to look at an Old Testament story for just a few moments. Uh, to Joshua chapter 9. I'm going to jump around because I want to highlight the story and I'll sum it up. They gathered together to fight, verse 2 of Joshua 9. They gathered together to fight with Joshua and Israel with one accord. But when the inhabitants of Gibeah heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and Ai, they worked craftily and went and pretended to be ambassadors. And they took old sacks on their donkeys and old wineskins, torn and mended, old patch sandals on their feet, and old garments on themselves, with the bread of their provision was dry and moldy. And they went to Joshua to the camp of Gilgal, and they said to him, Men of Israel, we have come from a far country. They're lying. They're from that territory. We've come from a far country, therefore we want to make a covenant. Will you make a covenant with us? And uh, Joshua says in verse 8, he says, Who are you? <laughs> and where do you come from? And then they, they had really thought out their little deception because they said, We came from, a, verse 9, very far country your servants came. And we heard of the name of the Lord your God. And we have heard of his fame and all that he's done in Egypt. And um, it goes on to say that they checked out and it looked like they had been a long ways because their sandals were raggedy and their clothes were patched and their wine skins looked worn. And, of course, they planned all that. So it's, it's a deception going on here. Verse 14, then the men of Israel took some of their provisions. And here's what I want you to catch. And they did not ask counsel of the Lord. Would you say that with me, everybody? But... They did not ask counsel of the Lord. Let's say it again. But they did not ask counsel of the Lord. So Joshua made peace with them, made a covenant with them, let them live. And the rulers of the congregation swore unto them. It says in verse 21, the rulers uh, made them woodcutters and water carriers. And I'm going to, sum up the story in just a moment. But that, that, that verse, they did not ask the counsel of the Lord, is, I believe, a, an extremely important line in all of our lives right now. Jericho had been taken by the people of God, blessing after blessing. Ai had fallen. Everything that stood before the people of God was being cut down. They were conquering and conquering and conquering. And they get to this certain next city and the kings of the region had gathered together to, to, to fight against Joshua and the army of Israel as they were invading new territory every day. And the Gibbonites broke off. The Gibbonites took sacks and made them look old and moldy bread. You, heard, you read the story and pretended like they were not a part of that country that they had come from a long ways and said, make a covenant with us, Joshua. Make a covenant with us. A covenant in Bible days is when you declared your allegiance to someone 
And it was a serious, serious thing. It, it, it was more than just, you know, we'll be friends. A covenant meant that you had to fight their battles if they got in a battle. And they had to fight your battles. And in this particular case, they didn't have anything to offer Joshua and the army of Israel because they had God fighting their battle. Joshua said, they said to Joshua, we're your servants. We've come from a far country and look at our old wine skins and look at our raggedy clothes. It's obvious that we've been through a trek in the desert and we just wanted to come serve you, man. We just wanted to, we want to be a part. We want to, we want to join with you and your God, how great he is. And they took their provisions but they did not ask counsel of the Lord. They made, listen carefully, an intellectual, logical decision under pressure. And it never crossed their mind to ask counsel of the Lord. They didn't ask, they didn't pray about it. They didn't ask God about it. And they were making battle plans and they were doing amazing things and Suddenly, three days later, they find out that the other army, the, the other kings has heard what the Gibbonites have done and they were undecided as to whether or not they were going to attack Israel. But now they had really made up their mind because they said, we're going we're gonna to kill the Gibbonites. So now all of a sudden, Joshua and the nation of Israel is being carried into a battle that was not even their battle. They're having to fight. Men are going to die. And it's not even their name or their reputation or their children and families on the line. They're having to fight somebody else's battle because they got in covenant with them. And Joshua said, all we can do is make the best out of it. We, we didn't seek the counsel of the Lord, so we'll make them woodcutters and water carriers. And that's about all we're going to get out of them. Two things. We're going to have to pay for them the rest of our life. Because we made a decision that we didn't ask the counsel of the Lord on. We're going to pay for it the rest of our life. And the best thing we can ever get out of them is wood carriers and our, our water carriers and wood cutters. And that's about it. And the rest of the time we're going to fight, 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 fight. Because they got enemies all over this whole region. And everywhere we go, we're going to have to fight because we're in covenant with them. When you come to a place in your life where you face important decisions, you can't afford to use your intellect alone. We're supposed to be guided by the Holy Spirit. We are supposed to seek the counsel of the Lord on everything. We don't ask his counsel and that's how we get entangled with the Gibbonites of life. You have to learn to ask before you act. You have to learn to ask before you get in covenant with people, before you start businesses, before you do things, and then you just expect and hope that God will back you up. They did not ask counsel of the Lord. They were winning, 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 but they got to a place that they thought we can make decisions without even having to pray and ask the counsel of the Lord. I'm saying to you tonight that if you're not careful, you'll end up tangled up with people 
and problems that say, I'm yours now. You made a decision. You didn't pray about it. And now that little problem will look up at you and say, hi, I'm yours. I am your responsibility now. You're stuck with me. And the best you're going to get out of them is a woodcutter and a water carrier. How many of you married that guy? Come on, say amen. Why did they get in trouble? This is so important. It's so simple, but it's so important. Why did they get in trouble? Because they failed to consult the Lord. We're supposed to be people who pray. We're supposed to be people who bathe in prayer the right direction and the decisions that we make in life. Consult the Lord. Pray about it. Ask him. Ask him. That's your duty. That's your responsibility to ask the Lord about everything. Before you buy a house, consult the Lord. Oh, but it's so pretty and I really want it. Consult the Lord. Pray about it. I don't want anything that he doesn't want me to have. I know that what he gives me, he will maintain. He will take care of. I don't want it to become a problem because I didn't consult the Lord. I don't want any ministries. I don't want any churches. Just because it looks like a nice thing. Because I found out that if I don't consult the Lord and ask the counsel of the Lord, those problems will plague you the rest of your life. Mm. If you're picking a spouse to marry, you better consult the Lord. You better ask the Lord's counsel. I would ask the Lord's counsel and then I would Google them. Maybe get a private detective if you need, if, if they seem a little shady. This is a crazy, crazy time. Parents consult the Lord where your children are going to go to school and college. And who, you know, what should, should, who should they go? Should they go on spring break with some kids at school? that are wanting to go, well, why don't you pray about it? Why don't you at least pray about it? Covered in prayer. They did not consult or did not seek the counsel of the Lord. Should I date her? Should I date him? Should I take that job? Well, sure. They're offering me $5,000 more than what I make right now. Of course I should take it. You better ask the counsel of the Lord. And this sounds so silly, but I'm amazed at how prayerless we become. I'm amazed at how many, even in my life, how many decisions I make and I haven't even asked the counsel of the Lord. And this thing just jumped out at me. It got in my spirit. And the Lord said, now you can't afford to be making intellectual decisions because you think you know everything. I need you. I wait on you to wait on me. We better learn in our little business adventures <laughs> to consult the Lord before you make a covenant with somebody and enter into partnership by halves. 
The job of the Holy Spirit is to lead us into truth. When you say the name of Jesus and you ask the will of the Lord and you consult God, even in a prayer, even at work and, and you, you, you got decisions to make. Well, you, you're a little extreme, Pastor Franklin. That's why it's so important just to maybe at the beginning of the morning to spend some time in worship, spend some time in your car saying, God, today I consult the counsel of the Lord and I don't know what I'm going to face, but I just ask you to give me wisdom and I just ask you to make me spiritual today and I just ask you to wake up my spirit and my ear to hear because I really don't want to lean on my own understanding, but in all my ways, I acknowledge you and you will direct my path. It delights God when we stop long enough to say, I need guidance from the Lord. It delights him. He said, I'm your shepherd. And I love it when you ask me to lead you. And when you learn what I'm preaching and you don't, just rely on your intellect, even though God gives us intellect to make wise decisions. But it's kind of a ego and it's kind of pride to proudful to not pray about it. Pray about it. Pray about it. If you don't, you're going to get tangled up with the Gibbonites. You're going to have to fight their battles and you're going to have to take care of them the rest of your life. So now I want to go to Isaiah 30 and I want to give you this verse in Isaiah 30. And maybe if you've got your Bible, you might want to open it because I'm fixing to really go there. In Isaiah 30, this is what it says in verse 21. I'm going to come back to a couple of other verses, but it says, you, your ear shall hear a voice uh, Isaiah 30, 21, um, your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left, if you will ask the counsel of the Lord, here's a beautiful scripture. You ought to underline that one. You ought to mark that one up. You ought to memorize it. Your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. That's guidance. That's seeking the counsel of the Lord. Isaiah 42 and 16, he said, I will bring the blind away through a way they do not know. I will bring the blind away they do not know. And Jesus said, my sheep will know my voice and they will follow me. Now listen to this. In other words, there'll be a voice behind you if you'll seek his counsel. There'll be a voice in front of you and there will be a voice inside of you and there's no way you're going to be deceived if you're asking the counsel of the Lord with a voice in front of you, behind you and inside of you. If you will seek his counsel, God already has a solution. If you will seek his counsel, God already has a procedure. There's an unseen hand that wants to guide our lives. And I wonder if most of the problems that we face could not be solved and we wouldn't get in them 
but we did not consult the Lord. So here's the second part of this message in Isaiah 30 that I want you to see. It's not going to take me long. But in Isaiah 30, I'm just going to have to read it. Isaiah 30. Y'all still got Bibles? Anybody own a Bible? You know, I got some back there you can get. Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 1. Woe unto the rebellious children, says the Lord. Why, why are they rebellious? Who take counsel, but not of me. Who devise plans, but not of my spirit. Who go down to Egypt, listen to verse 2, and have not asked my advice. God says, that's a wicked thing when you just plan and plan and plan full steam ahead and you don't ever seek my counsel and ask my advice. Then this chapter shifts and in verse 15, he says, for thus says the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest shall you be saved. This is remarkable. He said, if you're about to really mess up, if you will return to me in returning and in rest, quiet, be still. Quit rushing into stuff. Calm down. Be still. Return to me. Come back to me and ask me. Seek my counsel. And then be quiet. Learn to wait on me. Don't do nothing. I'm, I'm trying to get a word. I got to have a word. I, I'm looking for a confirmation. I'm looking for, sh shut up, calm down and learn to wait. Listen to what he said in returning and rest, turn it off, turn everything off and learn to wait on me. We, we do not know how to do this, especially in Pentecostal churches, spirit filled churches, whatever we are. If it's not going 90 miles an hour, we don't feel like, God, oh, it's not like that. God says, I want you to return to me and I want you to be quiet. I don't want a word. I don't want anybody to give a word. I don't want a prophecy. I don't want any of that. I want you to come with your body and be quiet and sit in my... Sometimes the greatest form of prayer is not... For when I go to my prayer place, it's not me talking the whole time. And in the name of Jesus, I've learned that there are other... I follow my spirit. And the fact that I'm there means... I'm waiting on you. I'm worshiping you while I walk through these trails or run through these trails. I worship you. And sometimes I don't have any praise going. Sometimes I don't have anything in my ears. Even worshiping God, I've learned a secret. Wait. He knows I'm there. When you go to a, if you've got a prayer place, if you don't have one, get one. Because when you go there, that is holy ground. And God knows that you're very present. In other words, you're saying, this is so important that I'm coming and I'm waiting. I announce with my silence, I'm waiting. I'm not telling you what to do, nor am I asking you for anything. I'm waiting on you. Listen to what he says. In quietness and comfort. He said, he said, in returning and rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. Quietness and confidence shall be your strength. But here's what got me. But you would not. 
but you would not. You said, no, we will flee on horses. You would not. I, I, I offered you to return and be quiet and wait on me and I'll fill you with confidence and I'll t let you know what you're supposed to do and I'll give you the victory. I'll give you the pathway to victory. But instead, I, I told you to do that, but instead you, you got to ride those wild horses. You, we got to go. We got to go. He said, but you would not. There's another time in the Bible where Jesus wept over the city of Jerusalem and he said, I, how often I would have gathered you as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you would not. But you would not. But they did not seek the counsel of the Lord. We just notice what he said. He said, no, you, but you would not. And, and you said, we will flee on the horses. We're so busy. We're going. We think, we think seeking, seeking the Lord is getting up, getting in the car, going down the road, riding wild horses, going, 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 while you're eating a Chick-fil-A biscuit in one hand and a cup of coffee in the other. And Lord, in the name of Jesus, this is what we got to do today. And I mean, God, it needs to happen today. And we're riding that horse. And, and, and that's not waiting on the Lord. We've got to learn to wait on the Lord. Return and rest in quiet and in confidence, in faith. Trust me. Come and just sometimes we ought to have a waiting service. No singing. Nobody talking, nobody falling out, just people come and be quiet and stand here and say, you know me, you know what I have need of and I wait on you in silence and quiet. I return to you. I, I, I need you now. I need that strength. I need that confidence. So I know the only place I'm going to get it in your presence. So here I am. They tell you that if a bear ever chases you, don't run. If a cougar ever gets after you, the four-legged ones and the two-legged ones, if any of them ever get after you, Whatever. Let's keep moving. Let's see what it says. Now, are y'all are y'all ready? Are y'all ready for a blessing? Are y'all ready for a blessing? All right, all right. I want you to get. If you don't have a Bible, because you you memorized it, I assume. But in verse eighteen, in verse eighteen, listen to what God said. He said, "If you'll return, if you'll get quiet." You'll calm down and quit riding wild horses. Therefore, listen, this messed me up. The Lord will wait that he may be gracious unto you. In other words, God says, I wait to see if you wait. And if you wait on me, the Lord, if the Lord is waiting, it's to be gracious to you. And therefore, he will be exalted. He will have mercy on you. Listen to this. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed, blessed 
are all those who wait for him. God is waiting for me to wait for him. To make a sacrifice enough to say, hush, I'm just going to wait. I'm going to pray with my quietness this time. When we stop working, God starts working. When we stop working, God starts working. When we stop working, God starts working. God will never feel you on the go. That's why he said to the disciples after his resurrection, go back to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the father. Wait, the whole key to the upper room, Acts chapter two was, can you just go there? And they didn't have a choir. They didn't have a praise team. They had no musicians in the upper room. They waited for 10 days, 10 days, day and night. Nobody, there's not one word recorded spoken. It did not say they did anything except wait. I'm sure they had to carry on with life. I'm sure they had meals. I'm sure they had to take breaks. I'm sure they had to do whatever they were doing. But it was all about just wait. No choir, no preaching. But when you stop and you say, here I am. I'm wrestling with a lot of stuff. I really need wisdom. I really need you to do your will. I don't even know what path I need to take. But I'm waiting on you. He acts for the one who waits for him. Then, of course, the famous verse, I believe it's in Isaiah 40. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. Hallelujah. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. They that wait upon the Lord shall be renewed. Nothing being done. I'm just here waiting on you. I wonder, I wonder if we would take time if, we would, if, we, if it would never be said of us from this point tonight, they sought not the counsel of the Lord. I wonder how many, how many blessings we would step into just by learning to wait on the Lord. To spend time in His presence. I love you, Jesus. I feel the presence of the Lord here tonight. Turn to somebody and say, Wait. 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 Say it one more time. Say it till it gets in their spirit. Stop trying to figure it out and wait. Your mind is going crazy. Wait. I need to jump on that wild horse and giddy up. Wait. 
wait upon the Lord. You know, sometimes you need to go into God's presence and it's fine to ask and, you know, and pray the word back to God. But other times you need to just go in God's presence. Don't try to get anything from God, but just bring yourself and wait. I do that a lot with sermons, you know. I just, I just wait. Some, just like this, just, just a little thought. That's it. That's it. That's what you start with sometimes. Just a, they sought not the counsel of the Lord. Write it down and wait. Praise his name. How many of you would like to just say, Lord, I bring myself. And I seek your counsel. And I wait. I'm waiting for you. I'm I'm waiting for your strength. I'm waiting for the wings. I'm waiting for direction. I'm waiting for confidence. I love what Halston said about her husband starting that business. The key to that, because you're scared, you know, when you start. Anytime Satan fights at birth, anything. Any time you try to birth, when we, you know, that's when the Bible talks about in the book of Revelation, the dragon was, the woman's having a baby and the dragon was waiting to devour it as soon as it came out because the enemy hates when we try to birth the miracles of God in our life. But boy, that person who sought the counsel of the Lord, they can do it with confidence and strength. What, what that said to me was, I trust him. Because I've been with him. So when I walk into this situation, I walk into it with confidence and strength. Because I've waited in his presence. Does that make sense? Lift your hands up and worship God all over this room. And, And before you sing, you don't have to sing. Let's just wait. Let's just lift our hands up just a minute. And everybody, this is going to be a different little waiting altar call nobody's going to come down here and get hands laid on you tonight nobody's going to come down here and get all you're going to do is if you would like to say I want to consult the Lord it's been a long time since I consulted the will of the Lord I really need to get back to praying about I need to ask before I act I'm doing too many things independent of asking before I act. I want God's will. Seemed like a good thing, those Gibbonites. They seemed like good people, but it was a deception of the enemy that they didn't pick up because they did not seek the counsel of the Lord. So if you're here tonight, you'd say, Pastor, let's, let's stand up so it won't be awkward. But everybody stand up. And, and if you would say, I... I want to come and say, here I am. I present myself to you. And I consult you and your will. If you you sense that little drawing tonight for where you are, get out of your seat and walk down here. I believe that your physical response tonight will be all that God will require of you. 
and his counsel will come upon you. His wisdom, the spirit of wisdom will come upon you. The spirit of counsel will come upon you. The, the answers, the, you'll hear a voice behind you at the right time when you need it saying, this is the way. Walk in it. That's great. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.